The following is a Kingfisher Media production. Hey guys, you're listening to the In the Blood podcast. I am your host, AC Bergen Fisher, and thank you so much for listening, whether you are a new or returning listener. I'd like to invite you to find a quiet place where you consider what's being shared with an open mind and a receptive heart. Before we begin, though, the following disclaimer. I am not a therapist, and nothing presented here should be considered as therapy. If you feel that therapy would be beneficial, please seek out a licensed therapist who you trust. Today I want to take a bit of time to address something which affects me personally. Sadly, through talking to several of you, I've learned that my experience isn't exactly unique. In fact, it's not even very rare. Over the years, I've gone through several phases. I've gone from wanting to love and to be loved to wanting to understand and be understood, to accepting and wanting to be accepted. I don't think I was exactly wrong during any of these phases, but I don't think I was exactly right either. What I'm coming into lately is that I've somehow missed a couple of things. And those are to validate and be validated and to support and be supported. The other thing I'm coming to realize is that I don't think I'm just entering another phase of I want to this while getting the same in return. What I'm entering into, I think, is the revelation that each of the previous phases was just a piece of a big picture and that said big picture is meaningless unless it is framed in validation and support. Obviously support can take many forms and address many things, but today I'm primarily focused on trying to support members of my inner circle while I'm facing many of the same challenges and threats to my well-being and Honestly, I'm feeling drained by the experience. I'm talking about helping someone who's limping through mental health stuff while I'm limping myself. I read a quote the other day by Julian Seifter, and it said, You are not your illness. You have an individual story to tell. You have a name, a history, a personality. Staying yourself is part of the battle. When I love someone who seems to be drowning in the symptoms of their mental illness, remembering that I also have a story, a name, a history, and a personality of my own that is separate from their struggle can cause me to feel like I'm also drowning. There are times when I feel like I am not only my own illness, which would be enough on its own, but that I am also their illness. It's a lot of illness for one me to carry, you know what I mean? 
Now, many of you have heard me compare my mental wellness to a house of cards. You've heard me explain that this fragile structure is too weak to handle the slightest breeze. So what I do is I shut the door on any outside factors that might pose a threat. You know, and these threats, they don't have to be big things. I mean, you know how little it takes to knock down a house of cards. Just that slight breeze, that little whoosh that comes into the air when somebody opens the door. Even if they're not bringing drama or nonsense with them, just disrupting your internal flow, that can be enough to knock that house of cards down. That's why I, I think I really, really like that analogy. So thinking of that, what happens when I lock that precious house of cards in a room where someone else keeps flicking the fan on and off? And this has been the nagging question I've struggled with for some time, honestly. Can I successfully and functionally cohabitate a circle of trust with people whose own mental challenges unintentionally threaten my ability to function in healthy ways? You know, and... I, I think the frustrating thing is that I've, I've spent so much time over the years doing the work on me, dealing with the stuff that is on my end. And it's not that other people don't also do their work, but it just, you know, the steps I take, I've taken them. I, I know how hard the road has been behind me. I know how rocky the path is under my feet in the moment and i know how much road there is left to travel i can see the road ahead none of this is easy stuff and it's not that i'm trying to minimize what somebody else is going through because to each of us i think our struggle is the biggest one that there is because our struggle is the only one that we live inside of and Maybe I've been fortunate in the sense that I've had great access to mental health supports. I've been in therapy for a long time, a very long time. And not everybody in my circle has had the same access. Not all of them have even had the same realization that accessing these things might actually be of value. It doesn't mean that they're trying any less or they're working any less on their stuff. It just means that when I'm looking at them and I'm trying to support them, I'm, I'm kind of limited, you know, like I can't actually pick them up and carry them as much as sometimes I desperately want to. Oh God, if I could pick up some of these people, I've got so much love for them and it hurts. It hurts so much to see them stumbling. But I'm stuck with looking at it from the perspective, okay, like what, what can I do? I've talked to my therapist about it. I've researched online. 
I mean, there's a lot of bad information out there, but there's a lot of helpful stuff too. And what I've gotten from this combination of my online reading and what my therapist has pointed me towards is this fairly short-ish list of things that are within my control. Obviously, I can't pick somebody up and carry them. I can't fix them. They may not even be broken. They may feel broken. They may look broken, but I'm not the repairman either way. You know, I, I, I try to connect them to resources that might help. I express concern. I show support, sometimes even to my own detriment. And I think anybody who's gone through this knows exactly what I'm talking about. It can be exhausting helping somebody when you've got your own load to carry. I remind them gently and lovingly that help is available. I let them know that mental health concerns are no more shameful than physical health concerns and that treatment is nothing to be embarrassed about. I express genuine curiosity about what their experience looks and feels like. This is a big one because it can be so, so easy to sit on the outside of somebody else's struggle. And when you hear them describing what they're going through, we almost want to start fact checking them. No, it didn't happen like that. No, I didn't say that. No, that's just in your head. But developing that skill and that curiosity to ask them what their experience look and feel like to them in the moment, that can be so much more valuable than what is quote unquote actually happening. I reassure them that I care. I offer to help with those things that they can't handle sometimes. And this doesn't even have to be anything big ticket. Sometimes it's a case of, can I fold that laundry for you? Can I wash these dishes? Can I pick up after your dog? We don't have to be psychotherapists to intervene with somebody who is feeling overwhelmed. I run interference sometimes by explaining to others that the symptoms of my special people's condition are affecting the way they navigate life. And I do this because I'm trying to avoid any misunderstanding from people who may not know them so well and to avoid any discrimination against them. Because being somebody who suffers with a variety of mental health struggles myself, I mean, I'm not always super pleasant to be around. And the last thing that I need is somebody turning around and reacting to me and treating me like I'm just being a jerk when really I'm not being a jerk. I'm having a panic attack. I'm having a trauma response. I might be inadvertently triggered by something you said. I might be flashing back to early childhood abuse. 
We don't know what's going on between any other person's ears in the moment. But if we can educate ourselves, at least to the best of our ability, about what other people might be struggling with, we can lessen the frequency of the misunderstandings and we can hopefully teach ourselves to stop discriminating against people who didn't ask for the struggle. I remind myself that they are not doing this to me. They are not choosing to hurt me. Basically, like I said, I, I follow the recommendations of my therapist and others that I respect online. Still, there are times where I can't help but feel deeply hurt, thoroughly exhausted, and unimportant. That last bit about feeling unimportant is something that maybe sounds like it doesn't quite fit. But the reason I mention it is because, though you may have forgotten by now, I also have mental stuff that needs support, validation, encouragement, and things of that nature. While my stuff may not seem as big as theirs, at least to them, I still have to live through it. I have to feel it. I have to stumble under the burden of it, which is especially difficult when I'm supposed to be the one who has his head screwed on straight. But here's the thing. I don't. Anybody who's listened to this podcast more than once, you could tell by the tone of voice. I'm not doing good right now. Sure, I have good days, but right now, for the most part, I'm just so overwhelmingly tired of never getting a break from what feels like a never-ending merry-go-round of things that I would rather not experience. They say that when you're dealing with an addict... You have to give them the space to deal with their addiction because until they do, you are dealing with a substance more so than a person. Now, I don't know if the same is true of dealing with someone who is deeply troubled by their trauma and their daily stresses framed in their mental illness, but it really does feel like dealing with a toxic substance sometimes. So... What do I do right now? I don't want to lose anyone to the symptoms, but I feel like hanging on, at least to some of them, is causing me to lose myself. I hope that all of you understand that this isn't meant to shame or embarrass anyone. This is meant as an offering of support to anyone who is in a similar position. It's also meant to offer some perspective to those whose unresolved issues may be affecting those that they love the most. Help is available. Years ago, when my ex-wife told me that, I freaking hated her for it. I hated feeling like I was being labeled as crazy or broken. But since then, I've had years of therapy 
And while I'm far from quote unquote fixed, I have come far enough to realize that she wasn't being a witch for suggesting that I get help. She was bravely offering something that I resisted as desperately as I needed. Right now, I think I know what my next steps are going to be, at least what they need to be for my own well-being. And if you're finding yourself in a similar situation, I hope you're feeling better than I am right now. While the ways to access resources vary from one place to the next, help is usually available, especially in crisis situations. If you or someone near you is in a scary or concerning mental state, call 911 and they can send someone to assess the situation and hopefully plug you into a variety of resources. I've said it before, but I will say it again and again and again and again. Everyone can benefit from therapy. Please don't wait until your life is burning down around you. Find someone who can help. I truly hope that my message has found its way to the ears of your understanding heart and that you've managed to take something useful away from this. And if you've got thoughts on this or anything else I've spoken about, either on this show or on any others, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Until then, my friends, much love.